Welcome to Two Guys Talking Youth Ministry Podcast, a podcast all about youth ministry culture, leadership, and strategy, led by two local youth pastors, along with other youth leaders from around the country. Now here's your hosts, Matt Willingham and John Killebox. Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Two Guys Talking Youth Ministry, and my name is John, and I am here with... Uh, you're here with Matt Willingham. Matt Willingham today. You are here with Matt Willingham. <laughs> We've got an awesome, awesome episode coming at you today. A podcast that is um, something that I think, no matter what type of ministry um, you are in, student, um, you know, adult, whatever, regardless of what stage, I think that there are some awesome, awesome topics, some awesome points that are going to be a benefit um, to everything that that we do in ministry, man. Yeah, the, I think I don't even know if they're ready for what we're about to bring. No, to probably them. not. I don't know if I'm ready for PJ, it. What, what they're about to hear, yeah. their their minds and their ears are not going to compute the man that we're about to bring yeah. uh, to this podcast. But uh, we're going to be talking about an awesome topic. Before we do, uh, PJ, how do they get in touch with us? Some people, hey, number one, we want to say thank you to the emails that we get, yeah. to the questions uh, that we get. Today we're going to be mm-hmm. tackling kind of uh, kind of some questions that, that a couple of you asked, putting them together. Yeah. But how do they get in contact with us? How do they shoot us some emails? How do they shoot some questions to yeah. us about ministry? Go ahead. You can hit us up uh, each. My email is john at essentialcoaching.us, and then Matt's is? Matt at essentialcoaching.us. Yeah, Pretty that's easy. crazy. You know, we do a good job finishing each yeah, other's. Man. Sentences. Yeah, there, we see, go. there you go. I'd hey, help you out with that. We want to uh, thank you again for, for listening. We appreciate, man, those of you who are subscribing, you're downloading. Hey, also, just make sure you leave us uh, a review. Man, yeah. like it, share it, tell somebody else about it. Yeah. It's some good stuff. Our topic today, PJ, is starting ministry from the ground up. From the ground up. How do you lay that foundation? We're yeah. going to take you to the conversation we had. With our campus pastor and our youth pastor from our North Justin campus, Mr. James, a.k.a. Boomer. Boomer Young. I hope you enjoy it. Hey, what's going on, everybody? We are here with our man. You heard us. We were promoting last week. Yeah. We talked about it today. Now we're here live, John. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear from him. With our man, James, a.k.a. Boomer. Right. Yo, James, can you just say hi to everybody real quick? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Excited to be here today. See, now, John, Jim, you hear, you're right. You hear that that dialect, James. What part of Kentucky are you actually out of? I was born and raised in. I am not from Kentucky. Oh, I am actually okay. from Indiana. What part of Indiana? Like the southernmost tip of Indiana, right? I'm from Wheatfield, Indiana, 30 minutes south of Valpo. Yeah, so that's exactly. like north. West Indiana. Chicagoland, Indiana. Chicago. Okay. That's what it's crazy. It must be like the back hills of Northwest Indiana Listen, or something. Yeah. He's not from Louisiana. He's not no. from Kentucky. <laughs> no. He's not from Alabama. He is from here. James is actually our campus pastor slash youth pastor at uh, our North Justin campus. So hey, today, James, we're going to be talking about basically starting youth ministry from the ground up. We're going to get into that in a minute. But, hey, just introduce yourself. We know you really well. We've known you actually for a long time. Introduce yeah. yourself. Maybe share a little bit how you uh, got to where you're at, where what you're doing right now, where you've been. Just, just kind of introduce yourself to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I grew up in Indiana, in case you didn't get that from that whole conversation there. And uh, <laughs> I grew up at Heartland. Heartland was my home church. Uh, got to grow up with uh, Pastor Matt and Pastor John there. And I was a part of their student ministry. And uh, so I got to learn from some of the best, uh, as is. Uh, But uh, 
I uh, grew up with that student ministry. I've lived and traveled to, I've lived in Georgia. I've lived in different parts of Indiana. Um, I've been married for six years. I'm 26 years old. Um, oh, I got to see a lot of cool and different things. So, uh, but again, I'm just excited to be here today. I don't know. Hopefully I got some good stuff to share. We'll see what happens. And in case you're wondering why you're listening, no, like we said earlier, James did not pick up that accent while he lived in Georgia. He has no. sounded like this yeah. his whole life. He is an anomaly to us up here. Everyone literally is like, why does he sound that yeah. way? But like you, I know we shared it before. Matt was actually like, you were born in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Right. You've yeah. lived in North Carolina. Yes. You, uh, a majority of your life was right there in Alabama. And yes. yet, well, you should sound like this. Yeah, yeah. Your Southern draw is substantially <laughs> less to our Indiana boy, uh, Boomer Young. Yes. Yeah. Hey, it is cool to have James. We call him Boomer out here, so it's good to have Boomer with us on the podcast today. Hey, like James said, PJ and I have known him for a while. James yeah. actually graduated out of our youth ministry yeah. uh, when he was 18, graduated from high school, backslid for a while. Yeah, and left he did. Us. I don't know why he did, <laughs> but he left us for a little bit. But he came, he's the prodigal son. He came back home, yeah. and, he's, and he's now here. And uh, so, James, one thing, uh, again, we're going to be talking today about youth ministry from the ground up. Yep. Now we have, and, and again, when, when James left and, and, uh, and kind of left India, Indiana and even the area, we were in touch. And one thing you've done at all three places, uh, the one place in Georgia, uh, the one place probably just 35 minutes south of, of where we're at, and, yep. and the one place that you're at even right now in North Judson at that campus, at that yep. Hartley campus, yeah. You started a youth ministry from basically nothing. Now, yeah. before we get into the pragmatics of that, just share with us, James, what's a couple of, uh, maybe what's some good things, what's some bad things? Because um, some people are sitting out there like, man, I don't, I don't have nothing. Maybe I'm, I'm in a position where I'm starting from the ground up. Maybe I just have a handful of students, which is yeah. really what happens a lot of times when you're starting. Yeah. What, what's some good stuff? What's some bad stuff that you've enjoyed being able to just basically start from nothing? Yeah. Yeah, you know, one of the great things about starting from ground up is you really get to develop a culture, you know, kind of the way that you want it to develop. Um, you know, I haven't had the opportunity to, but guys I've talked to who have um, had a youth ministry passed to them um, sometimes have to change the culture, and sometimes that can be pretty difficult to do. Um, one of the struggles, though, that many people face when building from ground up is the frustration of everything that comes along with starting from nothing. And uh, sometimes that's very hard to deal with. Sometimes you get uh, frustrated with yourself. Sometimes you get frustrated with other people. But one of the things that I've learned is don't get so frustrated that you're not willing to put forth the time and the willingness to keep moving forward. Because in the beginning, yes, it is a struggle, but what I know is um, good foundations take a lot of hard work. So if you're willing to lay the foundation, it's gonna succeed. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. What's, what's you know, um, you said something good there. I think a lot of times people will, uh, you know, that they want to go into a youth ministry that has 50 or 60 kids yeah. and build from there. but. But like you said, sometimes you can, you're handed that. There's structural things that you might, that are unhealthy or that you need to change. There's just DNA. Yeah. DNA with 50 or 60 people is a, is a lot harder to start off with than with five or six. Yeah. Um, and so, so that's some good stuff. So today, that's what we're talking about. Youth ministry from the ground up. I know, James, we've talked a little bit before. You've got a couple of things 
you want to share with us? What would you say to the men and women? And maybe they are there and they've got 50, 60, maybe a couple hundred kids. And they're like, hey, I just need to kind of do something different. Foundation, you said, takes a a while to build. But I know in youth ministry, a lot of times we want to build high before we build wide. That's right. Foundational stuff that's important. What's the first thing you would say to us today as we're listening uh, about building from the from the ground up, what would you say? You know, I'm going to try to give y'all some very practical things about building from the ground up. Um, one of the things I would say is when you're building ground up, building ministry ground up, you have to be better at building relational bridges uh, than burning them. <laughs> Sometimes in ministry and frustration, especially at ground level, it's don't let your frustration become a match to where you burn relationships. Because you but, don't really have a lot of people to tick you off. You don't have a lot of people to, that you got to be very intentional about building that team at ground level. Yeah. <laughs> so if you traveled anywhere, you know, especially Northwest Indiana, they like to do construction all the time and uh, you can't get anywhere. But if you oh. notice, <laughs> bridges, a lot of work. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But bridges take a lot of work. They take a lot of planning. Uh, they take a lot of development. And that's the same thing with relational bridges. It takes uh, planning, it takes development, and it takes hard work. Um, but some of the relational bridges that I would say that's very important, um, one, one of the things that I've done every time that I've started Ground Up is I've always tried to develop a great relationship with the local school system. And um, I think in student ministry, that is a key um, that you definitely need uh, is starting there. And um, one of the things I would say, at least in that regards, uh, is number one, start simple. Um, you know, some people get really intimidated when it comes to building a relationship with the school. But I'll tell you, one of the things we did is, uh, honestly, we went to our local bakery and we picked up donuts for the entire teaching staff and we dropped it off one day. And uh, it was that that kind of like unlocked the door for us to start developing a relationship with the school. You know, and then uh, from that, we went... Uh, from that, we look for a need. You know, most school systems have a need, um, and that's something that we identified. We saw that, and with the church, uh, thankfully, we saw that North Judson needed book bags and school supplies, and so we raised like 180, almost 200 book bags for the school. Doing things like that and being strategic about building that bridge um, is going to be really important in the long run of your student ministry. Now, like real quick, James, like I, because I, I think that that is crucial, like really no matter what ministry, no matter what ministry you're in, whether you've been there for one week, one right. year, 10 years, right. what, like when you were doing that, mm-hmm. why don't you explain a little bit like the, pro- like not so much, I guess the process, but maybe like the harvest that you read from it. And what was like the timeline? Cause I'm sure for you, it wasn't so much, let's drop these book bags off and look at, I opened the door and we've got 50 kids in our student ministry the next day. But like, like how, like for you and for your team there, like what, what kind of expectations did you set and, and what, was the, what was the next step as you did that? You know, kind of the expectation behind that, again, was we, this door, when I'm talking about these practical things we did, it opened the door for us to have a relationship with the superintendent. Now, this is a relationship that took six months a year to develop. But as we developed this relationship, the payoffs of developing a relationship with the school system are huge. Um, with this, we had the opportunity 
um, as we did this, we had our foot in the door to the point where now we were able to launch a character and leadership program with the school uh, during their lunchtime where you get to go in and uh, we get to teach Christian principles to these students during their day, which is kind of unheard of. You don't hear very many churches or youth ministries being able to go right there on campus and uh, be able to do that. So, you know, again, putting forth the effort and again, checking in with them, checking in with your school and just being there. If you're there and they know that they can call on you or if they have something that where they need some support and they know that you're there, that's a huge win uh, for you going forward. Yeah, no, that's really good. But and I think what you said is something so important on that earlier to James, that when it comes to these bridges, these relational bridges, uh, a lot of times in ministry, we want to get in and we want to get the quick, easy wins. Yeah. Yeah. And there's ways we can do that, hands down. But a lot of this stuff, uh, particularly when it comes to these bridges, what you said earlier, like it takes time. Yeah. Um, and you may not see the fruit six yeah. months or a year, you know, down the road. But yeah. I've been at North Judson now. This will be my fourth year. July 2nd will be my fourth year uh, being in North Judson. And uh, it took us, uh, literally, it took us three years um, for the first six months, I probably had five to 10 students in our student ministry. Um, and again, it's easy to become frustrated um, when you don't see the growth that you want to. But again, that's why I got to reiterate, this is the crucial point where you're developing a foundation, where you're building these bridges, like you're working strategically from the ground up. It starts with the back end stuff. It starts with those relationships. It starts with being intentional with those, with the students you do have. Um, and it's just been over this past year or so um, that our youth ministry here, uh, we've taken it from 30 kids to now we run close to 100 kids pretty consistently um, on a weekly basis. And, and the stuff that, you're talk, that we're talking about to do uh, again today to do, um, you're talking about that foundation stuff because in youth ministry, we, we can figure out like the quick, easy wins, you know, to get 50 kids, 60 kids in a door. But yeah. if we haven't done the foundational, laid the foundational things there, the yeah. 50, 60 come in right in they, and they go right out because yeah. there's no systems. There's no, yeah. you yeah. know, things we've talked about in our podcast, no, no follow-up, no small, right. no Again, leaders. Going back to building bridges, I, you know, building bridges, I said, takes a lot of planning. You have to have an infrastructure in place if you're going to maintain growth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What I found out is through, through growing ministries is, is God won't bless you until you have the infrastructure to hold it. Or if some, by some miracle you do a gimmick and get a bunch of students, you'll be frustrated because they'll walk right back out. And yeah. So true. So true. Relational bridges. I like it. What's the next thing you got for us, James? Um, Are we calling you James or Boomer on this You call me whatever you'd like to call me. I got some buddies of mine that know me as Boomer, and that's all they know me as. They don't we'll, even know my name is James. We'll go back and forth then so the friends right. out there that know you as Boomer know it is you. So what's right. what you got for us next? Uh, number two, uh, you know, ground up stuff. I would say work on developing yourself a dream team. In other words, get you or get some people around you who's going to help you accomplish what you want to accomplish. Um, one of the things I've realized is, is, and you guys know, student ministry is hard, um, but it's a lot harder when you try to do it by yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, so when it comes to developing this, this dream team, uh, one of the things to look for is you want to find people who are passionate, um, just as passionate about the next generation and uh, seeing them sold out for Christ, yes, but also setting them getting them off on the right foot in life. You want to look for those type of people um, who can be assets to you uh, in your team. 
And so that's something that I look for every time that um, I've gone to different places as people who are passionate about students. Um, because, well, you, you know, you don't want cranky people on your team that, that yeah. don't have students. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Youth ministry. What, what does the ideal leader look like for you, James, in youth ministry? Are, are you looking for the 22-year-old single college student? What did, when you talk about the dream team, what do those people look like? You know, I've had people from every age demographic. I've had the 20-year-olds all the way to grandma's grandpa's uh, helping. Um, but what I look for is people that are willing to be owners and not participators. Mm. Uh, I look for people that are going to own it and um, that are willing to put forth just as much effort as I am uh, into making an impact in the students' lives. Um, one of the things, one of the valuable lessons that I learned um, throughout this process is an, and through some of the different um, leadership uh, impacts I've had in my life is, you know, growing up, we've, we've all had coloring books. I'm sure you guys had. We all grew up, you know, coloring books. Um, and the thing about a coloring book, you know, when you get one, it has a picture on it, but it's up to you to take the crayons and color it in how you want to. Um, when it comes to these owners, not just participators, I think as a student pastor or even just a pastor, you got to be very good at, at developing the picture, the outline of what you want to be, but you got to be willing to hand the crayon over to your people, to your leaders, to your team, and let them fill in the spaces. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Okay. Yeah, um, that like I think, and I, maybe I'm speaking from my own experience, uh, Boomer, and and I yeah. think that maybe sometimes um, what you're talking about right now can be the hardest um, for a lot of ministers, not just yeah. ministers, um, when it comes to handing that crayon over, because I think sometimes what I've learned like especially when I was young in ministry is and I was trying to recruit people that maybe were skilled and, and I could be intimidated I would be afraid to hand that crayon over and they'd start maybe coloring outside the line or changing the picture um yeah. what, like what like what are some ways to to really combat that in our own minds because I noticed for me also that was a lot of more of mind games than it was reality so what especially starting from the ground up but yeah. you, in general, what are some things that you've done or you've experienced that really can help motivate you to, I just got to pass this off? Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I've always tried to do, and it's one of the things I'll talk about here in a little bit, is, is always, especially on a Wednesday night or whenever your youth night is, is to create an experience and, and to create an atmosphere where these kids feel welcome and they feel like they can come. And so what I've learned is, you know, if you want people to color inside the lines, you got to constantly be willing to, to sell that vision, to, to project your culture of what you're trying to create. Because if you don't have a culture in mind, if you don't have something written down that says this is who we are, what will happen and some of the things that you're talking about is you will have people begin to color outside the lines. Because what I found, if you don't define a culture, a culture will define itself. And yeah. so that's where you got to come back to, hey, guys, this is our culture. This is us. And then some of that, you know, you're talking a little about, you know, having that willingness to pass off that crayon. Well, that comes back to you got to find it within yourself. Don't be intimidated by people um, when they're using their gifting. Let them use their gifting but always have the forethought to make sure that they're staying within those lines of that future, that future vision, that goal of where you're wanting to head. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. 
Totally. Very good stuff, man. That's very good stuff. I like that. The coloring book. I'm just going to hand out coloring books in my next leadership <laughs> meeting. That's brilliant. That's what I'm going to do. Like, just teach a whole, whole lesson on that. I dropped the knowledge, man. I've got some Frozen coloring books at home. Frozen? You don't like the movie like Frozen. Like the movie Frozen. I thought you meant no, I don't, legit. I don't keep them in the freezer. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. That's good stuff, man. That's, yeah. And you know what's so crazy, Jay? And I know we got two more, but the first two things – that we've mentioned already, again, going back to it, it takes time. Yeah. And so that's what I like to encourage people in youth ministry. If you've been at a place for two or three years, like you're just getting started. Absolutely. Like yeah. you're literally just like your feet are wet. Yeah. You're, you're like, all right, now I'm here. And so a lot of times people want to go in and think, you know, and again, all right, hey, I've been here two or three years, man. Like we should be, you know, exploding. We should be doing this. And yes, that can happen. But, yeah. but really, it takes it takes an honest two or three years to kind of yeah. just establish, particularly in a community and a culture, yeah. the school systems, you know, the things we're talking about. And, and so, and what's so sad because you just you just brought that up, Boomer. You did, Matt. You just hit on it again. Like, what's so sad about hearing that? Because you've experienced it, Boomer. It takes two or three years to your yeah. planet. That what makes me so sad about that is the average. The average stay at a church for a youth pastor is two or three years. Yeah. And, and, and why that makes me sad is it, it's almost like they're right there potentially on the cusp of making a change. But even you said it, sometimes it might even take longer if you're having not just to create a culture, but, but change a culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. You're, so it, that makes me sad because there's so much potential in a lot of these areas and maybe people are getting defeated, young, yeah. young especially people young in ministry or whatever. And they're not fully giving God the opportunity to, to really start to do things. Well, the thing I, I think about, guys, is I always come back, you know, think about how much time that Jesus spent with the disciples before he sent them out. You know, he yeah. is very intentional about spending time with just 12 guys. Yeah. Even if you got a small number, I mean, think about that. Jesus spent a lot of time with a very small number of people before he sent them out to reach the masses. Yeah. yeah. Be willing to spend the time and make the effort and lay the foundation of where you're wanting to go, even when you're small. Because when you do that and you make that, and again, I say that word intentional a lot. Um, some people think that you just bring a Bible to a Wednesday night service and you're going to have 100 teenagers. It, you have to be very intentional about building a foundation before you get there. I love it. I love it, man. Mm -hmm. What what's uh, so we talked about building a bridge. Yep. We talked about uh, developing your dream team. What 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 else you got? What's your next thing for us? Okay, uh, number. Well, just real quick on that developing the dream team. I have. Nope. We're moving on. Sorry. Yeah, no, no, one more thing. <laughs> one more thing. I'm plugging my ears. Just, all right, plug. Go them. Ahead. All right, just one more thing on that. Um, one thing that I put down here is you know your leaders are ultimately going to minister to your students the way you minister to them. Oh, that's really good. Um, so if you aren't doing a good job ministering to your leaders, you can't expect them to do a good job ministering to your students. Yeah. Yeah. That's really sharp. Yeah. I like, I just got saved. I was just going to thanks for punching me right in the gut. Yeah, I appreciate it. I'm glad you said that. Now I feel like a failure. <laughs> we're going gonna to wrap up our podcast with Boomer. <laughs> Young right now. Thank you so much, James, yeah. for jumping on. No, that's good, man. That's so, yeah, that's so true, though. So true. You got to yeah. model. You got to model to them what you yeah. want done. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Go ahead, man. All right. So, all right, so, all right, so number three, we're going to move on. Number three, uh, this one's a little on the lighter side of things. Is is I put this very simply: is think Disney. Um, when I say think Disney, you know, 
uh, I'm sure you guys, you know, you you have kids or whatever. They talk about Disney World. I always wanted to go to Disney World as a kid. Why? Because even though Disney is very expensive to go, um, the, the Disney World, they're masters at creating an experience. Um, I think for, again, and I touched on it a little bit, you can't just pick a night of the week, show up with the Bible, and expect 100 kids to be at your youth group. Um, I think you have to be intentional with uh, building an atmosphere and creating an experience for your kids. Um, and again, I'm going to talk about some just very practical things um, that we do. Um, we, one of the things that I try to do is create visuals. You know, that's simple to do. You know, have a PowerPoint. Um, you can get students to help make prop or stage designs for the series you're preaching. Um, make your promotional material look professional. Um, I know some people are out there and you're like, well, I'm not very good at graphics. I promise you there's probably, you know, kids in your youth ministry that do a very good job at it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it's important about creating an atmosphere. We have been in some um, spaces that have been warehouse. I've been in spaces that have been storefront buildings. Um, but what I know, if you go in there and uh, you make the most of what you have and you're intentional about creating that atmosphere, it helps. Um, especially in a rural town, if you create a place where it's the coolest place to be, it's going to help kids to want to come there. I like that. Yeah, I like that. And so what you're talking about too, James, is more than just throw some lights in a room yeah. Yeah. and turn on some loud music. What you're talking about is atmosphere, family, yeah. the community feel, yeah. particularly like you said, in some of the places that you've been are, are more smaller towns, quote, rural yeah. you know, communities. And so a lot of times there's not a lot of, activities or things to do yeah you know for for or with students yeah. and so if you, if you make it a place to be and this happening yeah yeah that's a win and you touched on it too I mean I, when I lived I lived in Macon Georgia that's where I lived in Georgia and demographically that's a much larger area I think Macon is the second or third largest city in Georgia okay. and, um, so it's a little bit bigger of a place but you hit on it perfectly you know, part of that atmosphere is creating that family atmosphere where you feel like it's a place that you can connect and a place that you feel like you can belong. Yeah. So that's, again, and you got to be intentional about creating an atmosphere of, of family. And you do with your leaders, you do that with key students, pick out your students that you know are influencers and, and get that instilled to them that it's about family. Good stuff. Good stuff. Your last one, what you got for us? Give it to us, Boomer. All right, you ready? Last talk thing. About, talk about building youth ministry from the ground up, laying that foundation. Yep. Uh, the last one, um, and this is important, is care more about the person than the number. And I think that's, again, something that we've been talking throughout this whole thing um, is, you know, don't get frustrated um, by only having a few kids, especially starting from the ground up. Um, again, the, the old saying goes, and I used to have a pastor used to say it to me, is people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And uh, this is especially true with teenagers. Um, in your team dynamic, you got to make sure your kids know they mean more to you and your leaders than, they're, than just a number filling a seat. Because kids can tell if you have a perspective that, to, that you're, they're just a number uh, to fill your seats on a Wednesday night or whenever your youth yeah. night really good yeah bro that's really good like and i love i love that that concept that you have and i love that you that you made that your fourth point because i think one of the hardest things to remember especially when you're trying to grow a student ministry is you focus on the numerical growth but not the personal growth yep and you know not even just the discipleship about growing 
growing in connection with the students that you yeah. do have. Like um, for me, like, and, and just hearing it is, it's those moments of, um, you know, if I can't love on the 15 students that I have, the 10 students that I have, then how in the world am I going to focus and love on the 30, the 40, yeah. you know, and, and just, just love where you're at, I guess. Yeah. And you've, you've experienced it because you've, I, and, and, and you're at a different place than maybe some of the people that are listening, but, but you know what it's like to, I'm going to love these five kids, even though I want to have 50, Yeah. you know, and, and it's just, just God's got me here right now to love on these kids. And I love that. I love that you hit on that. Yeah, one of the things to remember too, as you as you begin to make that investment out, well, how do you do that? It's, it's simple. You can do simple things. It's like attending their football games, going to basketball games, uh, being there with them through rough times, being willing to have conversations with them, um, and that's very important when you got the five to ten. But as you grow, you got to remember again. I touched on it earlier. When you're developing your dream team, you need to instill in them to have that same type of perspective to where they love those students more. Uh, then they then they think about oh they're just a number filling the seat because as you grow you got to realize there's no way you're going to be able to have that personal connection with 80 90 100 right. students like you could those 10 so that's why you got to train your leaders that's when you begin to shift a little bit and you have to train your leaders um, to make sure that they're doing that um, I'm not saying you stop but I'm saying you got to spread that on right exactly other people around you and the only way your leaders are going to know how to love these students is you by seeing them. how you love them. That's exactly. right. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Man. Dude, so legit. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think, I think James and John got me saved all over again on that last point there. I like that. <laughs> hey, what's, um, if people want to get in touch with you, James, what's, what's the best way for them to follow you, maybe to shoot you an email? What, what, yeah. how, how would they get in contact with you? Yeah, you can you can shoot me an email at uh, Pastor James at hcc3d.com. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. Look up James A. Young. That's me. <laughs> you can hit me there. Uh, I think on Instagram, I'm P underscore Boomer. Uh, I got all sorts of names. So I've got. Oh, just, yeah. You got all kind of aliases. We might need to check you yeah. out and do a background check. See what's going on with you. Yeah. Might want to. Yeah, I love it. Hey, man, it was it was an honor, James. Thanks for hanging out with us today you're you're down at our north justin campus and i know yes, you're sir. getting you're getting set up for a big weekend matter of fact i know y'all got going on but you took some time to hang out with us uh today so i appreciate it uh man any final things you want to say to anybody as as we get ready to kick off yeah hey just stay encouraged uh you know don't give up and keep working hard and it pay pays off in the long run sounds good my man hey thanks again it was an honor pj Listen, he had it. He had it. He, he had, had a it. good one today. He had a good Old one. Oh, Boomer, James Young. <laughs> he did well. Hey, man, thanks for hanging with us today, James. Hey, thanks, guys. Yo, that was that was some solid stuff, Matt. It really was. That was legit. That was legit. I want to know why. Uh, I mean, we're, we work around James, honestly, just about every day. Yeah. Why has he been holding out on us? Dude, for life, bro, <laughs> we had to wait. Years later, for James, like, hey, let us know, like, yo, here's some stuff. So he's been on staff with us for like three or four years, yeah. and now he's dropping knowledge. I'm like, where the where in the world? <laughs> where where'd all this come? All these nuggets been taking man? notes. Nah, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. Hey, we hope you appreciated and enjoyed that, man. He said some good stuff. I loved in particular PJ the what he talked about building the relational bridges, which is sometimes yeah. the hardest. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the most uh, the thing that takes the most time, but right. is 
the most beneficial? Anything right. in particular stick out in in your mind? Anything he said or I think I think that what he said that like I was I'm able to like take something from even at our stage in ministry is really just trying to get your dream team of volunteers. Yeah, he said some good stuff, and I think it's it's good. It, it's probably going to lead into a podcast I know that we are talking about doing. It's really like how to recruit and how to how to build up the leaders around you mm-hmm. because I think that was really good. It wasn't about their abilities, and it wasn't about their age. It wasn't about their experience. It was simply about their heart. I loved how he really hit on that. Yeah, good so. stuff. Good stuff. Thanks again. Man, Pastor James, a.k.a. Boomer. Boomer, man, appreciate you You can call you him being. Boomy, too. We can Boomy? start Boomy. Cause should we should we start a new nickname yeah. for him? Boomy. Boomy, Boomy Young? Boomy uh, Young. No, nah, it was a legit podcast. Man, I'm so glad. Hey, listen, hit him up. He gave you yeah. his his email, Pastor James at hcc3d.com. Hit him up. Yeah. He, he's a sharp young dude that is just killing it in ministry. And yeah. uh, thanks again for listening today. If they want to contact us, PJ, shoot us a question yep. or just touch base with us. How do they do it again? It's John at EssentialCoaching.us or Matt at EssentialCoaching.us. Boom. There it is. Hey, another episode in the book. We appreciate you listening today. Catch y'all.